Welcome to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. I'm your host, Snowden Bishop. At the Cannabis Reporter, our mission is to raise awareness about the incredible cannabis movement in order to engender widespread acceptance of what is arguably one of the most useful, sustainable, and healing plant substances on Earth. I am very excited about today's interview with New York State Assemblyman and career veterinarian, Dr. Stephen Katz. Having cured his own seizure disorder by self-medicating with marijuana long before legalization was ever on the table, he's a longtime advocate for cannabis and helped to push legislation to decriminalize minor marijuana offenses in New York. But that's not all that caught our attention. Dr. Katz has developed new cannabidiol formulas for canines. Yes, you heard that right, dogs. He's founder of Therabis, a new company that makes therapeutic cannabis formulas to calm nerves and treat pain, skin irritation, inflammation, and arthritis. The list goes on and on. So let's just get to it. I'm proud to introduce Dr. Katz. It, it, we happened to be at the reptile house, and he's the one who said. And you were just he looked a guest. Up, well, he looked up and he looked up at the reticulated python, you know, uh, enclosure, and he looked up and the glass was broken at the ceiling. And I said, you know, so what, you know, kind of thing. And we walked out of the building, and there it was. The keeper of the reptiles on the ground holding the head of a 23-foot-long reticulated python. And there's no way he could have gotten out of that on his own. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Absolutely I no mean, way. Oh, no, it was uh, sort of an epiphany moment for me. Change of life. How old were you at that time? I was, uh, at the time, I was 18 going on 19. Wow, okay. Yeah. So therein began the journey to... Yeah, fun journey. ...veterinarian school and yeah. all of that. Lots of adventures. Yeah, and you spent a lot of time in Israel, too. Yes. Did you not? I was yeah. the assistant director of the High Bar Biblical Wildlife Preserve, which is 18 miles north of Eilat, Israel. It's a 10,000-acre preserve that is dedicated to animals that were um, in existence in that area during the time of the Bible and endangered species of the Sahelian belt of Africa. That is amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, what an experience. Cool. I mean, there are species you can't find anywhere else in the world, too. No, we were the first uh, two things that we were able to accomplish while I was there, and that was um, we brought over 22 um, ostrich eggs from Ethiopia, and incubated them and hatched them, and by the time I left, they were, you know, eight feet tall and 350 pounds. Right. Why ostrich Dumber than hair? dirt. Um, <laughs> they, they, were they were in existence there during oh, that okay. time. Oh, okay. Okay, um, so you were basically so reintroducing we them. reintroducing them, and we were the first to actually have diplomatic relations with the Saudis who gave us permission to take from the Los Angeles Zoo the Arabian Oryx, which is only in existence in captivity now. Yeah, so I know we that. were we, we were able to do that while I was there. Oh, and so God, we, we brought over Arabian Oryxes. Yeah, it was really cool. They were beautiful. They were they were what they think what came the um, the mythological unicorn. And they are beautiful and they are you know, they are very, very rare. I mean they were destroyed by 
the wealthy sheiks going into the empty quarter of the of of Arabia and just with machine guns, and that right. was their sport, just shooting them down. It was Isn't you know caravans, sickening? It's caravans of wealthy Saudis yeah, killing just to have Arabian put on their wall. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. But so anyway, they they got them extinct. The only places left were through the World Wildlife Fund able to extract a colony that they split between the Basel Zoo and the uh, and the Los Angeles Zoo. Wow. Yeah. And but you were with the World Wildlife Fund, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, for how yeah. many years? I, I did ex I did two expeditions with them. Um, one was one was to French Guiana uh -huh. to tag leatherback sea turtles and the other one was to map green sea turtle nesting beaches in the Galapagos Islands the year before it became a national park of Ecuador so that we, we, they would know where to uh, keep people away during the time of the Aribadas, you know, when yeah. they come and nest. Oh, my God. How wonderful. Yeah, I really want to circle cool. back to Israel, though. Sure. Because Israel's known for being a hub of treatment with cannabis. Yes, for absolutely. Humans, right? Absolutely. So is that where the idea was sparked to do this? Do this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> no? I didn't were have they, a, whiff, a whiff of cannabis back then or or that they were doing any research on it or, or anything yeah, else. Yeah, they've been doing this for years. Yeah, I mean, no, way the, only, ahead of us. the only thing I knew about, about cannabis was, I'm being honest with you, at that point was between High Bar and the border of Jordan was a thousand feet of mines of mines. Right, landmines. Yeah, landmines. Yeah. And so every now and then, in the middle of the night, you'd hear an explosion of a landmine. And what was it? They used to take camels and hide hashish in them because the camels were able to sniff where the mines were and go between, I guess. And you'd hear it, kaboom. And oh. it was that, that's, I, I knew, you know, no, nothing. But I know Dr. Mishulam is one of the, right. you know, founders of the, 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 you know, clinical study of the medicinal uses of cannabis. So you've met him? I haven't had the pleasure. At some point, I hope to. <laughs> but there have been lots of interesting postulations of, uh, you know, over there. Any soldier with PTSD gets a prescription for, to smoke medical marijuana. Right. Okay. And, uh, and just their entire culture... It's very interesting, the discussion of that over there, you know, because um, since it's such a part of their society, they're taken in very, very much so and, and, and brought right back into the fabric of, of their society and that they essentially have less of it there because of that. I don't know if that's the truth, but it doesn't matter because they all get medical marijuana. Right. Okay. Right. As opposed and to here. it's a here. big thing for the elderly community over there, too. Yeah. I mean, keep absolutely joints lubricated. Yeah, basically. you betcha. There, I mean, it, you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, Very few hip replacements there. Right? I mean, especially in a place like that. I mean, you know, Israel, having lived there, Israel is like Italy on steroids. steroids. Yeah. Okay. But except that they have enemies in, on all three sides in the ocean on the fourth side. Right. So, you know, it's a very intense place to live. Yeah. It really is. It's really intense. I can Everything imagine. About it. Everything about it. And tell me about the pit bulls. Was, um, I'm, no, what I'm getting to is which, which facet of your career actually got you interested in treating animals with, with CBD. Yeah, CBD. Okay, well, before CBD came the original formulation, 
okay, the original formula, which did not have CBD and was an alfalfa-based formula. Um, and um, I used that for many years, unofficially, like I wasn't doing any clinical studies or anything. I, my, my practice in the Bronx is many people who really don't have money, right. who are, uh, but who love their animals. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it is nothing that school prepares you for, right. being an inner city. You donated like your that. time that whole time. And so you? I donated the formula. I mean, anybody who needed it, I just gave it to them. So when you say alfalfa-based, what do you mean by that? Alfalfa um, is a known anti-inflammatory. Right. And so the base of it, the powder, it, it's, always been an, it's always been something you put on the food, a powder. Right. The contents of that powder has evolved. Okay. Okay. To where I began to use CBD in it uh, about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. So, and that sort of uh, just really potentiated the whole thing. Potentiated the action of it. Potentiated the effectiveness of it. So uh, what? What inspired that? What inspired that? What inspired that was that. Um, as a, I am an elected official in the state of New York, I'm a New York a New York State Assemblyman. Oh, okay. And um, while driving up to Albany one day, I was stopped by the police, and they smelled unsmoked marijuana in my car, and found three grams of marijuana in my car. Now, keep in mind that three weeks before that, the New York State Assembly had voted to approve to legalize up, uh, what was it, 25 grams, okay, right. which is seven-eighths of an ounce, um, because it was requested by the police commissioner, Ray Kelly, for stop and frisk, because right. they were having to waste too much time finding some 19-year-old with a joint in right. his pocket, you know, so... So uh, we legalized, essentially, the, the, the Senate did not, but my house legalized 25 grams, and they found three grams in my car. <laughs> oh, God, and I bet that was a three PR nightmare. Oh, so here's how it went. So I didn't, they gave me a ticket for it. You know, that's all. I got a ticket. And so, uh, so I just drove on and went to work, and that was the end of that. And then the next day, I get a call from my chief of staff. <laughs> and it went kind of like this. Busted! Pot! <laughs> and then when I, when I got back home, there were six TV trucks waiting at Oh, my God. And so I, just did, I did a 180-degree turn, went 150 miles southeast, and went fishing in Montauk Point for the next two days. And then, you know, when I heard that the dust cleared, I came When the dust up. settled, yeah. Yep. And so it's been... And, and so at that point, uh, it was like an epiphany. And it was like, look, I've been involved with, with marijuana in itself since I had seizures back when I was... When I had, I had five grand mal seizures over a two-year period, that last one... The last one I had was... In the lobby of Mann Library at Cornell University, my senior year in 1976, wow. I'm, in the, I'm in the library, and the next thing I know, I'm in the infirmary. And so, this and this was all I knew at that point that I was going to be going on an expedition. 
and so they gave me a medicine, an anti-seizure medicine that almost killed me. Then they gave me another one that almost killed me. Then they gave me phenobarbital, which made me feel horrible. Yeah. And then someone said, hey, I heard that you know smoking pot controls uh, seizures. They didn't know back then it was CBD in the pot. Right. They hadn't fractionated anything yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did that every every day for two years. And no seizures. And then I stopped and I sort of, sort of leaned off, but then I have never had one again. So. Wow. So, yeah. But, you know, and so what I decided was that um, I was going to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. And um, I mm-hmm. became, I, I decided I'm going to go plow headfirst into this thing, and so I became the first elected official to announce that he was going to be investing in the legal cannabis world. And then I started to read about CBD, essentially. Right. CBD, and it, there was almost nothing about dogs at all. Yeah. Nothing. And, um, and so I decided I was going to just sort of mess with it a little bit. Right. And so uh, I was able to acquire CBD at that point, and I added it to my formula in varying dosages to see how it would go. You know, I, 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 as we say in French, I pachkied with it for a little while, okay? Yeah. Until I, you know, came up with dosages that, that seemed to work. Right. And uh, it turned out that it really, the whole package of the formulation really, pot- the, the CBD potentiated the whole package. Right. And so, um, so you've got three formulations right now. One's calming, one's for uh-huh. itching, and one's for dysplasia and yep. that sort of thing. Yep. So the calming, is it just for like really super jittery dogs, or do you? We use it for a bunch of different things. I have, you know, in my practice, you know, so many people travel to um, the Caribbean islands because that's where they're from and that's where right. their families are from, Puerto Rico and, and, and you know, what had Dominican Republic and some bunch of them from Ecuador. So they're constantly traveling and they all seem to have little shih tzus or chihuahuas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nervous Nellies. Right. It's not it's not just that they're nervous, they want to have them on their laps yeah. in yeah. the plane. They don't want them going in the boot. Right. Okay. So you got to have them. I mean, I used to just give, you know, everybody a, a tranquilizer, a, a sedative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the problem with that is that a sedative lowers your heart rate and your respiratory rate. Right. So you don't have any control right. over that while you are uh, in the boot. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my formula does not do either of those. It does not lower their respiratory rate or their heart rate. Wow. And it'll knock them out. Depending, it's all dosage related. You can get them to just be calm and quiet. Yeah. Or you can get them to really go to, you know, take a nap for a while. So it really depends on what you're using it for. And we use it for everything from a dog, a testimonial of a dog that was so hyper afraid of everything that it lived underneath a bed. And uh, the woman started giving it the calm and quiet. And the dog doesn't go under the bed anymore and stays in her lap, and she says it's like having a new pet. Would, would that be a useful thing to give someone who's trying to counter-train a pit bull that's been trained to be aggressive? That would really depend. 
yeah. on on the answer, the short-term answer, is yeah, I could give okay. enough to make them calm down uh, significantly to enable them to go under counter-training. But there's, you know, that in itself is a pretty yeah. controversial area, especially regarding pit bulls. Um, yeah. You know, well, it's abusive how they make them you know, so aggressive here, in the first place. Here's what I can tell you. I have one of the largest pit bull practices in the yeah, world that's by virtue of where I am in the Bronx, mm -hmm. where it all began, the pit right. bull world. Right. And um, I have 10,000 active pit bull clients. Wow. Out of those 10,000, 25 of them are your worst nightmare. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, 25 out of 10,000 is what, 0. .00 something? Right. That's a pretty small percentage. Right. But okay. how, how do they respond to the treatments that you have? I mean, or do they, do you give them? They don't even want it. My really? My clients don't even want to give them that. Oh, because they like them being aggressive. That's the point. Oh, boy. Protect them. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. so, you know, we know how to deal with them. And it's not calm and quiet, because those are violent, you know, dogs that, you know, really need to really taken care of yeah and so the dosage that I would need to calm them down would probably knock them out <laughs> okay. I guess I, that's I mean, I mean in the best of all world point. I'll be about as calm as and, and, yeah. because, and the truth is because I have so few of those I haven't really worked on a dosage to right in, in, you know to enable me to bring them in you know to in that in a calm quiet state right. that you know we can then go on because they are you know hell on wheels but 25 you know I, I could I, I see 50 in a day so I could see all 25 of them in a day and then I have yeah. 364 days where I don't have to even deal with it hmm. right so, yeah yeah, so, well, I think it'll be really great when you've got the formulation released for the older dogs, too. I well, think. we've got, oh, you've heard about that stuff? We have, yeah, we have some I did my research. amazing things coming down the pipeline. Uh, the spray is ready right now. Is it? The anti-itch spray. That and would be so helpful to these, I'm sure you, you see it all the time, but we have a lot of it here in Arizona, where the elderly dogs are dropped off at pounds, and they're put in an environment, they just sit there and shake in the corner. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is. So imagine if you could provide that to the county, which of course has no budget. Yeah, but no, dude, for it. <laughs> we're, we're talking about doing all sorts of stuff like that for animal welfare groups. Fabulous. You know, to have them at least get calm and quiet, which will... Yeah you know, make them feel a little better and a little yeah. calmer and less mm -hmm. neurotic and, you know, being in a cage like that, and, you know, it's quite a change for them, it's right? It's huge. So um, we're, we're, we're sort of on that, and that, that's coming down the pipeline. Good. Uh, quick question. How, another quick question, I should Fine. say. How did you come up with Therabis as the name? Is there a meaning behind it that's... Therapeutic Cannabis. There we go. It was so obvious that I missed it altogether. Okay. Well, I was thinking it was some Greek I, mythological thing. I was looking way more I, I advanced would, than I, what I, it really I was. Love, I love Greek mythology. I would love one of those. That, that's okay. <laughs> I, I thought it would be, you know, some lengthy explanation. Yeah, that's no. very simple and it's very no, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You like the name. Yeah, it's it's a great name. Pretty. Did people ever say you were absolutely nuts? To think of doing me? this, <laughs> I know from experience Are there more that more naysayers in the world than yay sayers. Mm -hmm. As my partner says, well, 
Do you tell your friends that you sell weed to dogs for a living? Yeah. <laughs> You're a pusher for dogs. <laughs> it's the whole thing we're talking about is like the... Um, some of the videos that we were watching, you know, they're coming out in all the dreadlocks and everything. I'm like, oh, come on. Can we just get away from that look and can we bring the professional side in? Right. You know, my goal is to get the other side to see what the benefits are. I'm, I'm a known conservative. Yeah. I mean, I can make the argument that, you know, the National Review, the, the paper of record, essentially, for the conservative movement, uh, their editorial position is that... Marijuana should have adult use legalized nationally for two reasons. One is your personal freedom, right. and the other is the revenue that Colorado, a billion dollars this past year. Oh, isn't it phenomenal? And, and nothing bad has happened. Right the world hasn't nothing come to an end. Bad. Crime <laughs> has dropped, and also opioid addiction has gone down. <laughs> I just read that yesterday. It's, really, like, wow. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing happening over there, and me yeah. as, a, as a legislator, I have to battle every single year with a $2 billion deficit. In New York State, we spend $2 billion more than we bring in. I mean, we certainly could raise taxes a little more and even yeah. that out, but we're already the highest Nobody tax state in the country. Well, what so was it they really said that, that in, in, in places, big cities like New York, there are billions of dollars, private dollars, going into funding cartels? Basically, people where it's not legal for personal use. Of course. You know, well, I mean, this money's going into the black the bit, market. To the bitter end. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. The the uh, controller for the city of New York said that the first year, if they have adult use in the city of New York, will realize $450 million yeah. in the first year. Yeah. Okay, and, and New York State is four times the size of Colorado. They derived a billion dollars last year mm -hmm. times four we would have a $2 billion surplus. Well, and also count the money that you save from not incarcerating people for drug crimes. On every level. And, on, yeah. On every level. You know, the cost of law enforcement for that, the, the stop and frisk and all that they have to go through, well, and, and people and they have to pay to process these people in the courts. Yeah, it's that horrible. Would, yeah, that would be fantastic. You pay us just to get rid of the, you know, that, in, that entire element of enforcement that we deal with. Mm -hmm. And treating and treating and you know users as criminals. Friends have been considered criminals for our, all our lives, you know. And yeah. These are bank presidents and lawyers and attorney generals, and I don't even want to go on the people that I know who are right. you know regulars and and, and uh, you know and smoke pot. Yeah. Or eat it now. You should have seen um, my mother's face when I told her uh, about this article that I wrote back in 2010. Her eyes got like saucers. <laughs> she couldn't believe I was gonna dare to write about it. It was yeah. just an article about him. Well, but it was daring, yeah. and I was like, I researched that thing for like three months before I published it, and everybody said you're crazy to publish this. You know, well, 2010 is already back in the pioneer days. I know, right? <laughs> started in 2009, exactly. Yeah, yeah. started in 2009. So you know, 2010 is. Yeah. The early days. You know, I was in California when they legalized oh, that, yeah, medical that marijuana back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I was living in Venice Beach at the time. Uh, oh, and oh, the funniest thing oh. about this is that, you know, I'm not a pothead and I'm yeah. not that experienced in it, but man, it's like God's gift to the world, I think. Well, you know, the, the plant itself has so many, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm continually amazed at the different compounds that come out of that that have medicinal potential. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, we're going to start playing with some of those, you know, now 
too. Fractionated more than just CBD. Yeah. And there's other CB, CBs and CBN and CBA and different. Oh, I'm CBs sure. And I'm sure. Terpenes and they're all being extracted now. I mean, this is all really 21st century high tech stuff. Yeah. That for the most part, is being done organically. Yeah, and my uh, my fear so. is that pharmaceuticals are going to get their mitts on it, looking at people like you advance into these different realms before it's legalized nationwide, because that's just going to give the organic movement in this right. space yeah. a much bigger advantage when the big guys start coming in and trying to you know get You're rid right. of everyone. You're right. Some of the good things that are sort of bulwarks against that are number one, the idea that um, that this is truly uh, shaping up to be a states' rights issue, that the federal government doesn't want to touch this and, and, and keeps it, is keeping it as a states' rights issue. Yeah. And so that is really an <laughs> I have a theory behind that, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> you have a theory behind that? Yeah, it's because the people in Congress just can't touch it because they'll lose some of their financing. Of course, yeah. Yeah. period. Yeah. They go hand in glove. Yeah, okay? exactly. I mean, the greatest mistake that was made by the founding fathers was not putting in term limits. Huh? Nope. Well, I know the, the presidential, of course, but set a precedent by uh, by you know leaving after two terms. Okay, but there was never you know look they made two mistakes, really big ones in the Constitution. One was you know one was not having term limits because right. that is a huge mistake. You know, I'm a citizen legislator. I'm I, I'm the only legislator who's term limiting himself out this year. Who's not under indictment? Who's not under investigation? <laughs> who's not sentenced already? Right. You know. So, uh, you know, I, I but I've seen the monkey house. I've seen the show. Yeah. You, you have to have term limits. You if you don't have term limits, there'll never be any cleanup of. The corruption in government. Right. Period. Yeah. Period. So, any in any case, they're going to keep this as a states' rights issue, and the fact that you don't have interstate commerce, the fact that you know at this point the banks are rather feckless about this whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, because it is still is illegal. Right. And so, that's keeping the big boys out. Yeah, well, the good news this year was that in their omnibus budget, they actually took away the funds from the DEA to go prosecuting individuals and states. Yeah, no, it's very promising. The only thing we're worried about right now is uh, is if Christie becomes the attorney general. Yeah, so let me just close by asking you, is there anything that you have a burning desire to let people know? That... Everything that we're doing in the in the medical cannabis world is is going to require a tremendous degree of education of both the healthcare professionals and the and the population at large. And as once all that stigma is taken away through the clinical trials that are um, that are that are legitimizing uh, that are the science, right? Now. right. We're, putting, we're doing one at the University of Pennsylvania, College of Veterinary oh. Medicine. What is that? What is the clinical? A therapist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're doing a double-blind clinical trial at my Great. alma mater wow. for uh, uh, for the efficacy of of therapists of its of the, the three. So. Um, is it an in- independent group that's hosting the study? We are. We are. You're hosting sponsoring, sponsoring it. it. Okay. Yeah. 
um, and university, but there it's a double blind study, so it's totally right. It, there's no way it can be corrupted. They would want, why would Pennsylvania do that? I mean, U yeah. of P has no need to do that. They're the you know one of the top five veterinary medical schools in the world. Yeah. So you know they're and their clinical studies department right now, which is what this falls under, is unparalleled. As you know, very exciting pipeline come down of other products that we're uh, really happy about. We're, we have a cat formula that we finished, but it's going to be more in the lines of calm and quiet um, and allergies. Um, we're 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 working on that. That's awesome. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. I'm starting a whole new chapter of my life. <laughs> it's like wild. You know, totally. People, uh, you know, I like to be inspirational for people on that level. Yeah. Do anything at any time. What an amazing interview. Thank you well, so much. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. I'd like to thank Dr. Stephen Katz for sharing his time with us today. You can read more about him and the therapist CBD treatment for dogs at thecannabisreporter.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Snowden Bishop, the Cannabis Reporter. Till we meet again, have a great day. Evergreen is calling.